Amen. What a wonderful time of worship, right? God is so worthy of our worship. Too often, we worry more than we worship, right? And uh, this morning, I just want to share a message of, of hope. Living in some pretty crazy times, right? Wow. Things happen so quickly, right? Didn't see it coming. Um, but you know what? God did. And God is so faithful. And um, He's so worthy of our worship. And uh, like I said, for those um, of you who are here, thank you for being here, as well as. Uh, the countless others who are watching us uh, online. Again, uh, you know, we, we just want to seize the moment. The Bible tells us to make the most of every opportunity, not just the good opportunities, but also the negative opportunities that we want to make the most of and we want to redeem them and reclaim them for God's glory. And I believe that this is a wonderful time for us as a church um, not to be driven by fear, uh, but to be moved by faith, uh, to be um, anchored uh, by facts. You know, um, you know, we have a wonderful, loving God who promises to give us peace. Um, we have a wonderful, loving God who. Uh, goes with us through whatever it is that we we uh, face in life and so you know as as i was watching everything unfold in the news and uh, just seeing uh just just people reacting in such pandemonium um you know i i still don't get why toilet paper is such a hot commodity right now I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to be comical about it or just, it just, it baffles me that out of all the necessities in life, uh, toilet paper is flying literally off the shelf. Um, don't get that. Um, and also onions, apparently. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't know what the deal is between toilet paper and onions. Um, but, you know, as, as I was watching the news and just seeing people respond to uh, what's going on in the world, what's going on here locally, what's going on here in our nation, um, there's a lot of people who are in want right now. Uh, and so God laid on my heart uh, Psalms 23, which is really a beautiful, beautiful portion of Scripture. And, um, you know, David is, is, is the penman. Uh, he is writing this. This is from his heart. And, and, and David knew a little bit about um, experiencing crises in life and, and troubled times. And so I, I kind of want us to just look at this passage of Scripture. It's going to be kind of, kind of a devotion this morning as well as today is... Um, National Day of Prayer, the president has proclaimed that today be a day that we as a nation come and pray. And so we're going to kind of conclude this morning with just praying 
Um, but real quick, I, I do want us to look at Psalms 23. Verse 1, David says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I love how personal this is. You know, David doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd, though he could. He's speaking to God's people. He could easily say the Lord is our shepherd, and that's appropriate. However, David takes this verse and, and makes it personal. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me, and Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, real quickly, I want to just draw your attention because the first three verses, David refers to God in the third person. He says, he. If you notice over, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me. And then in verse 4, there's a transition because he goes from referring to God in the third person to referring to God in the second person. Though I walk through the valley of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You see, there was a transition in David's life that took him from referring to God in a third person to a second person. There was a deeper sense and a deeper level of his relationship with God. And I believe that it's in times like these where God wants us to go deeper in our relationship with Him. To experience Him in a deeper dimension, a deeper level. And so this morning, I just want to share some, some very common, very simple, very plain faith facts. Faith fact number one is this, and that is God is bigger than my fears. God is bigger than your fears. You see, whatever you tend to focus on, that is, is what becomes magnified. It becomes magnified in your life. It becomes magnified in your mind. It, be, it begins to be that driving force in your life. You're focusing on that, and that becomes bigger. Notice what David says in verse 4. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Those five words, for you are with me. Those should be words that, that, that comfort us. Those are words that should assure us. 
Those are words that should help us in our time of, of uncertainty, knowing that God is with us. Now, when David says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David is not trying to be poetic. He is not talking figuratively. He is not using some metaphor. He's not saying, you know, painting this picture of something that is symbolic. No, David is talking about a real literal place called the valley of the shadow of death. And, and it was a place, it was a valley, it was a road that was between Jerusalem and um, Jericho. And shepherds would take their sheep through this valley. And this valley, at the foot of the valley, was only about 10 to 12 feet. So it wasn't, wasn't a big valley, it wasn't a, or, or it wasn't a wide valley, but it was deep. And, and the sides of the valley, the, 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 the mountains, uh, it, it was very steep. And so the only time that the foot of the valley got any sun or received any sun was when the sun was right above the valley. It's the only time that there would be any real light in the valley. Other than that, it was, it was a dark valley. It was, it was, that's why they called it the valley of the shadow of death. And so... For, for a shepherd, a shepherd would have to take his sheep from Jerusalem to Jericho or from Jericho to Jerusalem, back and forth from, from green pasture to green pasture, and the quickest way would be through this valley. This valley called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And so David says, though I walk through this valley, though I go through this valley, I don't need to fear. And here's why. Because God, you're with me. Your presence is with me. And so you want to write this down. When we go through a valley, God is with us. Whatever that valley is, it, this, this virus, the coronavirus, it's a valley. That's what it is. And we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it as a church. We're going to get through it as a nation. We're going to get through this valley. But for, we, for us as God's people, we can get through it with confidence. We can get through it with a sense of peace because we have God's presence. When David says, you, you lead me, you restore me, you make me lie down, in green pastures, you, you, you make me lie down beside still waters. It's God's presence that should overwhelm us. Not the news. Not what's going on in the world. Not the CDC. Not the WHO organization. What should overwhelm us is the presence of God And the encouragement that I have for us is that we need to focus on the shepherd, not the shadows. We need to focus on His presence. Dorothy, thank you for sharing that verse. That though we go through the waters, God is with us. We go through the fire, God is with us. That's, that's the confidence. That's the assurance. That's the peace that we have as Christians because God hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't checked out. He hasn't left us to ourselves. 
that His presence is real. His presence is among us. Another thing is that we, we need to be cautious, but we do not need to be anxious. In other words, we, we need to be cautious, but there's no need for anxiety. There's no need for fear. In fact, as God's people, we see this over and over and over again all throughout Scripture where God says, fear not. Fear not. Let me give you a few verses, and I just want you to kind of just jot down the address. If you want, just make index cards, just post them, and just remind yourself daily of these truths. Listen to what God says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. He says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Again, we have this assurance. We we don't need to freak out. We don't need to panic. We have God's presence. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. And here's why. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And so we, we, we need to be cautious, but we don't need to be anxious. Listen to what Joshua says. Joshua's chapter 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. And here's why. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so we have the assurance of God's presence wherever we go. Wherever we are, God is there with us even in the valley he's there now we don't like the valley we don't like this low point in life whether the valley is a virus or the valley is um, a financial strain which which by the way you know uh, the it, it's not necess- i mean the virus is one thing but the side effects and the reaction and the result of the virus is something that that will 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 probably do more harm and hurt and damage but regardless of whatever the valley is we have the assurance of God's presence so God is bigger He's bigger than our fears. He's bigger than my fears. Whatever fear it is that you have, God is bigger than that. In fact, Paul, uh, God tells uh, the Apostle Paul, he inspires the Apostle Paul to write that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And so just remember this. Remember that God is bigger than your fears, whatever fear you have. Another faith fact is that God is faithful even when I'm fearful. God is still faithful even when I'm fearful, even when I'm afraid, even when I am discouraged, even when I'm overwhelmed, even when everything seems to be closing in on me, God is still faithful. Going back to what David says in verse 4, he says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Again, this valley, this valley wasn't a, a wide road, a wide valley. It was, it was close. 
You had mountain on this side and mountain on this side. There, 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 you, you feel like you, you were being uh, enclosed upon. And David says, though I walk through the valley of shadow, I fear no evil because you are with me. And he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's interesting because here we have God's presence. God's presence is with us. But when we notice what's in his hands as the good shepherd, as the great shepherd, as the shepherd who leads us and supplies for us, we notice that in his hands are two instruments that are detrimental to a shepherd. One is a rod and one is a staff. And David begins to focus on what tools are in the shepherd's hands. And so, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down, that God is faithful to protect us. We have His presence. He's with us. But we also have His protection. His rod. Your rod. That's a picture of protection. You see, a shepherd would carry a rod to protect the sheep. If there was any intimate danger, the shepherd would use that rod to, to help keep the sheep safe. And David says, you're, God, you're my shepherd. I, I don't need to fear that I'm going through this valley in my life right now because in your hand is protection. That God, you're able to keep me safe. You're able to protect me listen to what the psalmist says psalms 46 verse 1 god is our protection and our strength he is always there to help in times of trouble again this is another assurance that we have another faith fact that we have that god is faithful to protect us not only is he faithful to protect us he's faithful to guide us we have the rod that's in his hand, but we also have the staff. The shepherd would use the staff to guide his sheep, to, to steer his sheep, to herd his sheep, to keep his sheep from wandering off, to keep his sheep uh, walking in the right direction. And so David says, your staff, your staff comforts me. These two tools in the shepherd's hands should comfort us. Knowing that God, His presence is there. Knowing that He desires to protect us. Knowing that He desires to lead us and guide us through this difficult time. And that should be assuring for us, not only as God's people, but also as His church. I praise the Lord for His provision that we're able to do what we're able to do this morning, that we're able to touch the world right here. We're able to tap into online resources and to be able to broadcast all over the world in such a time as this. Uh, kind of a confession a long time ago when we first started our broadcast ministry, I had folk come, some folks come up and say, oh, we shouldn't do that because we're going to encourage people to stay home. 
I said, well, the whole purpose of the ministry isn't to encourage people to stay home, but it's, it's to reach those who, who are sick and can't make it to, to church or our, our shut-ins or our military people who are overseas. You know, we, we want to be able to use this, this tool as, a, as an opportunity to reach people with the good news of Jesus. And that was about five, six years ago. And now, look, we're able to reach people in, in, in such a time as this. A season such as this. As a church, we need to be in prayer. How God can further use us as a church. The truth is, there will be people who will be out of work. Either their jobs will shut down. People who are in hospitality. They're going to be told, don't, don't come in. And so there's going to be a financial strain on them. For, for parents who's, who, has, who have children and, and now have to stay home to take care of their children, and they can't go to work, there's going to be a financial strain on them as well. And so we as a church... This is a great opportunity for us. How can we meet needs? God, how can you use us to love? How can you use us, Father, so that we can share your love, share our resources, and to help those who are in need? There are even elderly who are Cautious about going out in public places, and rightly so. Again, we as a church, we, we, should, we should take care of our elderly. And it's going to take all of us. It's going to take us coming together and pulling our, our, our manpower and our resources together to make sure that people are being taken care of in this time of crisis. This is where I need your help as, as, as your pastor. We will get through this together. As a family of faith, we'll get through this together. But I'm going to need your help to come alongside of me as we look at the needs, as we look at uh, uh, the strain of ministry. We're going to need people to step up to the plate and to serve and to sacrifice People to organize, to check up on people, drive food, whatever the, whatever the need is. And this is something where, where we're going to have to come together collectively and be creative. But with the, with the ideas, with, the, with the, uh, recognizing the problems, we need solutions as a church, how, how, we can, how we can be a lighthouse, how we can be used by God in such a time as this. Let me share with us how not to stress out. Again, it's easy. It's easy to, to be stressed out. One way is be careful what you put in your mind. Be careful what you allow to enter into your mind. Fill your mind with truth. Fill your mind with God's Word. 
I believe for many, the best thing to do is to turn off the news. I was, uh, how many of you are familiar with uh, Chicken Little? The sky is falling, right? I was watching a little clip just kind of getting ready for Sunday. I was going to, I was going to show up, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to. Not going to go there, but I'll just share kind of the gist of it. Chicken Little begins shouting, you know, danger, danger, everybody take cover. And, 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 he, and he begins to cause this mass pandemonium. And as a result of that, there was actually more damage done to uh, humanity, to, to people, to uh, structures, to everything, uh, just because the people weren't calm. They were just reacting, overreacting. And I got to thinking, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, the news giving us the facts. I appreciate, you know, them just reporting the news. But, but to build it up and to, to feed into mass hysteria, sometimes the best thing to do is to turn it off. It's to turn it off. Be informed, but you do not need to be overwhelmed by just the mass media. Spend time reading God's Word. Take care of your body. It's a common, common sense right there, right? Eat healthy. Wash your hands. Get plenty of sleep. But here's another way how not to stress out, and that's to pray. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon the Lord because He cares for us. And I believe that this is a time, this is, this is the time for the church to pray, to intercede, to come together, to tell God about our concerns, to tell Him about how we feel. He's a big enough God. He can handle, he can handle our stress. Ask others to pray for you. Let me share with you Philippians chapter 4. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about the coronavirus. Don't be anxious about the flu. Don't be anxious about the, co uh, the common cold. Don't be anxious about your job. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, here it is, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And what Paul is saying here is, listen, we have a choice. We can choose to freak out. We can choose to be anxious. We can choose to stress out. Or we can take whatever it is that we're stressing out about and turn that over, hand that over to God, give that to Him, and, uh, and in exchange for giving him all that's stressing us out, God promises to give us his peace, which transcends all understanding. That's a pretty good exchange, right? That's very gracious of God to do that. Because when we see God not just as the creator of the universe, not just this, this deity in the sky, this, this great 
majestic God. But when we start to see Him personal, as our Father, this personal relationship that we have with Him, and allow Him to give us His peace, Jesus comforting His disciples, and again, a, a time of uncertainty. They, they, they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know. They can sense. They can sense something big is going to happen. I don't know. I don't, I don't, they haven't really connected all the dots. But they can just, just tell there's something in the air This Passover isn't like the other Passovers we've attended. Jesus is is talking to us and His tone and His attitude and His demeanor is, is a little somber. And Jesus says to His disciples in this time of uncertainty, He says, My peace I give to you. Not the peace that the world gives you. He gives us His peace as His disciples, as His followers, as His children, God gives us His peace. We'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. You see, as, as believers, as Christians, we have a hope to cope. We can cope in life because we have the hope of life. And we're not orphans, we're not abandoned, we're not castaways, but that we are His children. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He gives me rest. Though my mind is going crazy, though, though I've got all these thoughts that are just bombarding me, and, and everything's going on, and, and, and it just seems like you know, everything is, is, is getting closer and closer and closer. He gives me rest. He calms my spirit. He feeds me when I'm hungry. makes me lie down not by the rushing waters but by the still waters I can drink from the still waters I can see my reflection in the still waters I can see who I am in Christ in the still waters I don't need to be afraid even though I go through this valley I can go through it. I can face it because of God's presence. Or as Paul says, we can face every situation. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. In the original Greek, and what Paul is saying is, look, we can face any and all situations because God gives us the strength to face it. David says, that's what gets me through the valley. 
God is my shepherd. I, 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 I notice in His hands there's a rod. God promises to protect me as His child, as His sheep. He'll not let any danger overwhelm me, overtake me. That as the shepherd, He's sovereign. As the shepherd, He's in control. As the shepherd, He's leading me through this valley because He has something better for me on the other side. But in His hand is this rod and in His other hand is this staff. He guides me. He leads me. I hope and pray that as His people, we take that to heart. And the God of all comfort comforts us so that we can comfort others. Today, the President has proclaimed today to be the day of prayer. If you would, would you bow your heads with me as we pray? And later on, I'm going to make these requests uh, known on, uh, on our website. Uh, we'll, we'll also go through our app and, and our Facebook. Just, just make these requests your request. You pray, Father, thank You. Lord, thank You for Your presence. Thank You that You promise to never leave us nor forsake us. Thank You that You protect us. You provide for us. That's why we can say we, we have no want because You provide for us. Lord, we pray for comfort. Lord, we pray for comfort for those who have personally lost friends and family members due to this virus. Lord, for those that are grieving all over the world, Lord, we pray, Father, that You would comfort them. Lord, we pray for healing. Lord, that You are the great physician. There's healing in Your hands. And I pray for healing for those who are sick. Lord, I pray for peace. For those who are anxious, for those who are worried. Lord, that You would give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, I pray for provision. Lord, for those who are out of work, for those who have to take off of work to take care of family members and children, for our elderly who are afraid to go out in public places for their own health, Lord, I pray, Father, that You provide for them. Lord, that You would just orchestrate Your people to be Your hands and Your feet in a time such as this. Lord, I pray for protection. 
Lord, for our first responders and those who are in the healthcare industry, our doctors and nurses, and Father, that you would keep them safe and you would protect them from this virus. Lord, I pray for our military. Lord, that you keep them safe, Father, as they're bringing aid. Lord, you'd watch over them and their families. I pray for our families. Lord, that you protect our family members. You protect us, Lord, from this virus. Lord, I pray for wisdom and knowledge for the doctors, for the medical research teams. I pray, Father, Lord, Lord as, they're, as they're looking for a remedy, as they're looking for a solution, Lord, that you would lead them and, and, and open their eyes and be with them, Father. Lord, that they would make decisions for what's best for the people. Lord, I pray for opportunity. Lord, help us as your church, help us as your people to respond with love to our neighbors, to those who are around us. Help us to look for ways that we can help. Father, I pray for revival. Lord, that you would use this crisis as a turning point for people to turn to you. Lord, I pray for those that don't know you personally, Lord, that, that you would just stir their hearts and you would draw them by your Spirit closer to yourself. And I would pray for those that do know you who, who, who are not as close to you as you desire. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would use this, this virus, this pandemic, Father, as an opportunity to draw people to yourself. Lord, I pray for deliverance. Lord, you're the God of salvation. You're the God of deliverance. And I pray, Father, that you would deliver us from this disease. Father, you would be glorified. Lord, as David says, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil. Your rod, your staff, they comfort us. And you do all of this for your name's sake. That you would be glorified in this time of crisis, in this valley, that you would be glorified. Lord, help us. Help us to navigate going forward as a church. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us discernment. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you. Calm our spirits. Clear our minds. And Lord, may our attention be focused on Christ who is the author and finisher of our faith. And may we run the race that's set before us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.